Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. At the end of this episode, I made a special request and that was not that you rate it on iTunes, not that you DM me or tag me on social media with your learning outcomes, but instead something different this time. What I would love for you is to go into this episode with a commitment to yourself that you are going to take something from it. It might be that the examples that I use are not applicable to you. It might be that the things that I'm saying don't resonate with your life, but I can guarantee that if you come at this episode with a mindset of, I'm gonna take something from this that I can immediately today implement into my life and business, I can guarantee that that will create change for you. The thing I wanna request though, is that you actually actively, intentionally, pass that on to someone that you care about. Could be someone in life, could be someone in business, but I want you to take the lesson and I want you to share it with just one other person. The thing that I realized the most from really getting close to my intent, what is it? What When I say I wanna make an impact, what is it that I really wanna do? And I know that I can create a ripple effect even wider when not only are people sharing this podcast, not only are people sharing my work, but they're sharing their results of it. So that's your task. That is, <laughs> that's my request from you in this episode. I want you to listen to it with the mindset of what am I going to take from this and implement and integrate, but also what am I going to pass on to someone else? What lesson am I going to voice note my friend? Am I going to email my colleague and say, hey, I've learned this and I want you to try it too. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. And welcome to episode 85 of the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross, and today I want to talk to you about something personal, but something you can learn from. And it sort of starts with what I'm in the process of releasing at the moment, which, as a lot of you know, is the Thrive First Method. So if you've listened to episode 81, which, if you haven't already, it's a bit of an update, but also a lot of business lessons that I've personally learned from over the past sort of 15, 18 months, whatever. Um, And if you have listened to that, what you'll know is I've closed the doors to my group membership Thrive Together, Um, not forever and not fully. So my clients who are in there at the moment, they're still in there, but just to anyone new entering that space until it's been rebranded, until I've overhauled what what is delivered, how it's delivered, And really just to give me space to deliver the Thrive First method to people who really get it. And and let me explain, like the reason that I'm doing that, um, and it really relates to this episode today, is people who have been inside the Thrive Together community, Thrive Together membership since February 2021, they have been experiencing the Thrive First method really organically. So they, alongside me, have been really practicing the Thrive First method. Um, But one of the things when I was thinking about this week's podcast, one of the things that I've realized I have not talked much to anyone about yet is the fact that in creating the Thrive First method, I have been living it. I have been, it has been created organically at first, but ultimately I created it for me. 
And so first things first, let me give you an overview of what the Thrive First Method is, because even if you have listened to episode 81, it's highly likely that you still don't really know what what the Thrive First Method is. So ultimately, there's two key parts to the Thrive First Method. There's two underpinning modules and three practice modules. So the two underpinning modules are like the foundations. These are the things that you have to know, not about the method, but about yourself in order to practice the method. So one thing um, that I've been explaining recently is module one is getting to know you. And we do that module, the practice of it quarterly. So this is this module is about partnering with yourself just as you are now, right? No self-improvement, no judgment, no criticism. This is just about uncovering the parts of yourself that you might not have really acknowledged. Or if you did, you might have made yourself wrong for being that way. This is this module helps you to, it's like um, it's like a get to know, it's it's a get to know you. <laughs> it's like it helps you to get to know your preferences and what drains you and what fills you up and how you talk to yourself and what thriving looks like to you. That's the most important thing that comes out of that module. Very, very rarely do I meet anyone who can clearly articulate what thriving looks like to them. Um, And so that's that module. The second module is something that we practice monthly and that's Zoom Out. So Zoom Out is a very specific um, and different way of goal setting. And in this in this module, we get clear on what you want. How do you want to feel? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And we translate those sort of um, feelings and high level vision into tangible goals that feel empowering, not intimidating, right? So they're the two foundational modules. They underpin the method. And then the method is very simply plan, do, review. And this is something that we practice weekly. So plan is setting you up for success, whatever success looks like to you. And in the planning stage, you're guided through identifying your high value activities against those goals that you set, against those um, that when we zoomed out and we we really had like that, that's the mountain over there. That's where I want to go. We don't in that module try to determine the strategy and the how and all this rigidity. No, like we just identify what you want so that in plan, we can then identify the highest value activities of getting you there, as well as, of course, thriving first, planning to thrive first. It's very unusual. It feels very different when you do it for the first time. And like I'm going to explain in this episode today, I created it for me first. So I personally came up against a shit ton of resistance when I started living the method I created. I'm going to talk about that today module um so then there's do and review right so with the best plan in the world there will still be obstacles there will still be challenges there'll be still all of the usual shit that comes up in life and in business the barriers to actually following through on what you set out to do and be and this do module teaches my clients how to self-coach you but i want to make this really clear it's it's how to self-coach based on your lived experience as your curriculum and based on those underpinning modules of what you said you wanted and what you said Thrive First looks like to you. And then the last thing we do each week is review and it doesn't take long, right? But my God, is it valuable. In review, you give yourself the chance to drop what is weighing you down and reflect back. So reflecting back without criticism, without judgment, 
And it's a skill to learn to do that, right? A lot of people avoid reflection because in reflection, the only experience they've ever had with themselves is really um, being mean to themselves, like looking back and being like, you were a dickhead there and you fuck that. And it's not very nice. So I teach people to take the lessons and leave the rest. It doesn't matter what kinds of week you've had. Review always can bring you back into gratitude and sufficiency and and self um resourcefulness, right? That's where we want to end up. So I'm explaining all of that because what I want to go into in this episode today is how Thrive First has helped me, like how it's going for me. Because the thing is, like I said, I created it for me first. And I want to explain to you where the biggest sort of catalyst was, which might be a bit might be a bit shocking really. Um, as to why I thought, no, I really, I really need to knuckle down on my own method and get really serious about this. A lot of you know that in 2021, um, it was a, it was a ride of a year. Like my sister and I were my dad's key carers. Um, he, he just declined massively with dementia, and unfortunately, he passed on New Year's Eve 2021. At the same time. Um, so no, at the same time, seven days after he passed, I then caught COVID and <laughs> it was just a bit of a shit show, to be honest. Um, but what was interesting is at the time I was just about to release a group program that I was doing at the time called Do The Thing. So if any of you are listening to this, who did Do The Thing, whoop, whoop, because um, it was, it was fucking brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. But one of the things that I noticed um, that I haven't talked to anyone about yet, so here I am talking to the world about it, <laughs> is the catalyst for me realising that I really needed to practice the Thrive First method was that January 2022 was my highest revenue month ever in my business. And you might be listening to that thinking, well, that's amazing. Like, where show where's the problem? <laughs> What's the matter? Um And the problem was that in my brain, I noticed my, I noticed my thoughts doing something immediately. Like as soon as that money came in, I noticed my thoughts being like, what next? What next? Okay, what next? And it was in this moment that a little part of my soul let out the quietest, like yelp, like, please help me. (laughs) And bearing in mind, like, I was, we just lost dad. And for anyone who's lost anyone to dementia, it's a very different kind of grieving. Well, in my experience, right? So I've lost my mom quite suddenly. um, And that grieving was, it took years. Like, honestly, it took years. With my dad, I was grieving my dad throughout 2020 and 2021. It's like you grieve them while they're alive, um, which was very hard. It was very hard. But what that meant when he passed was, it, the grieving process was it was it looked very different emotionally um what i required in terms of time and space everything looked and felt extremely different about that grieving process but even still right i was still grieving my dad and i was still recovering from covid and even though do the thing and the launch of it was so effortless it was so it was such a joyful launch. It was so easy. Even then my brain was like, what next? What next? And at the time 
I, I sort of recognize this voice. And I was like, this would, it would have been one of those moments, right, where it would, it would be so, so easy to not notice that thought and just take its lead. Like the way, it, it's hard to explain. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to use a metaphor, but it might be really shit. So bear with me. The way that I see it is like, imagine you're in a house and um, the thought is walk, the thought is walking down the street. So the thought is like, what next, what next? And you're about to walk out of your house to like do something, take the next action, you know, just live the next day in life and business. And it's the difference between allowing the thought to come through the gate, walk down the path, walk into your house and just like, put its feet up on you on your couch and drink your coffee and eat your nice food. It's a difference between that and sort of, and it being like, right, you're my bitch now, you're being led by me. It's a difference between that and being like, opening your front door and being like, hey, hey, thought, stop at the gate. Let me have a look at you before you come in. It's, yeah, that's a really good example. You might all think it's shit. I think it's great. <laughs> it's like, being able to stop the thought and just look at it and be like, what's that now? You What next? Are you joking? And so in looking at that thought and being like, right, I can see that I'm about to go on autopilot because that's the thing, right? I, I realized in that moment how easy it is to recreate the same conditions that I left in corporate. So I left corporate in 2019 or 2020, I can't remember now. And it's so easy when you're in a job to be like, it's their fault. I haven't got time to do this or they're that kind of leader and I've got no choice kind of thing. But when it's you in your business, or maybe you still have a job, but you're very autonomous over the way that you spend your time and your goals. When it's just you, you realize how easy it is to recreate the same conditions that you have been living out for the past however many years. So it, my example is in corporate, I was always striving for the next job title, the next pay bracket, the next accolade, the next project that I could be proud of. And like every time I hit that, because I always did, right? Every time I hit that, instead of just allowing myself to A, reflect and be proud, B, take the lessons like of what went well so that I can fucking enjoy it. Like, it's the difference between like striving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to just being like, oh, I, I'm actually not a machine. I'm not a robot. I'm actually here to live and thrive. Um, so anyway, like going back to the point throughout 2021, obviously it's easy for old habits to step in when you are, when you're just surviving. Like it was a, it was a really hard year. Um, and I know that I've explained it in previous episodes, but I'm talking like not just mentally and emotionally hard, but physically hard too. So when dad was still at home, he would wander with his dementia and set things on fire and we'd have cameras in his house and cameras on his driveway. So we'd know like if he went wandering and he had a tracker on him. So you could literally find yourself at 11 o'clock at night driving around looking for him or sitting outside his house, making sure he was going to sleep or making sure he wasn't putting a tea towel in the microwave and setting it on fire. All of these things sound funny and they are quite funny in retrospect now that everyone's safe and stuff. But in the moment, it puts your nervous system into this fight and flight mode, you know? 
it did for me. Um, and so I noticed I slipped back into autopilot, into old ways of being that no longer necessarily served me, but I knew that they worked. That's the problem with these strategies that we've got experience of. We, we know they work, even though they're not good for us. And you all know this, like you, you will be listening to this, having your own version of what this looks like to you. I know that, you know that, you know, you might, you might be someone who they get all of their to-do list ticked off for that day. And if it's not time to finish work in inverted commas, you just keep adding stuff to your to-do list. Like you all know how this works. And, um, so I won't bore you with how that looked for me, but I, I will say that it was at this point in January, 2021, where I was like, hang on a minute, I've created a method and I'm not using it in its entirety. Let me just see what my life and business could look like if I thrived first, right? I was safe to do it. Like I knew that I knew that nothing was going to fall down around me if I started to make changes. And they weren't overnight changes and they weren't big changes and they were small changes over time. But I want to tell you how applying the Thrive First method and living it for me has helped. So I've got one, two, three, four. There's five five things that I've noticed um, just over the past week while I've been reflecting and journaling. What has changed for me since I've been practicing the method properly, right? Um, so the first one is big for me and it's I've created more time freedom in my week. So my revenue in my business hasn't necessarily gone, well, it hasn't gone down at all, actually, even though it's strategically, I was planning for June, July and August to be non-revenue months for new members coming into Thrive Together. The business as a whole is still continuing to generate the same amount of revenue because I believe because I've got more time freedom in my week. Um, what does time freedom mean to me? Because it might mean something different to you. Time freedom to me means block booking out my Tuesday morning just because. Like I have no agenda. I have no um, outcome. It's just I'm block booking it off and I'm just going to potter. Like I know how many of you resonate with pottering. <laughs> pottering for me could look like walking into the town I live, getting a coffee. It could look like going around the house and cleaning um, it could, and listening to an audiobook or a podcast. It basically means time where you're not sort of forced to produce a certain outcome. Um, and creating this kind of time freedom in my week, it's been really important, not only to my business and how I can better serve you guys, um, but also to me as a human you know, I, I recognize now that although I have a lot of energy, so I'm talking, I wake up at half five and it's like someone flicks a switch and I'm on and I just be like, Ding, and I'm out of bed. Like the boys, um, my husband and my son, they take a little while to warm up. Whereas me, I'm like, right, it's morning, let's go. <laughs> it's not, and it's, it's, I enjoy it, right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I really enjoy being that way. Um, but it's also dangerous because you run the risk of, just going and going and going. So this time freedom and being, it links to another one of the points, but I just want to say on this, that being really intentional with what are the like low value activities and what are the high value activities? So a lot of you know that this is part of the Thrive First Method. The planning stage of the Thrive First Method is about identifying 
based on your goals that you've got, what are the highest value activities that you could choose to do? Because let's be honest, let's say your goal was to run a marathon. There would be, I reckon between us, we could figure out a hundred things you could do that would help you prepare for that. And there would be, you know, the top 10% of those things could be really high value activities. And the bottom 10% could be really low value activities, you know? So low value activities would be things like watching, um, a YouTube video about trainers that are great for running marathons. That's a low value activity. I'm making it up, obviously. Um, but you know, go with it. And that's why I feel like I've created, not I feel like I can see it. I know that through practicing the method, I've been identifying my high value activities and then realizing the low value activities that I was pumping my time into, they just didn't serve a purpose. And it's only when you get intentional about that, that you can actually create that for yourself. So that's the first one. The second one is I feel really crystal clear on the reason why I want what I want, which in turn informs my actions. So I think in a lot of goal setting, it sort of skips the part where you you need to connect to what you want. Like it's, you just do. Um, <laughs> that's a shit validation, isn't it? You just do. But I think that you all get it. Like, have you ever set a goal and the why behind your goal has been really shit? Like, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Because uh, I want to look good in a bikini. Yeah, but why do you really want to lose weight? Like what's what's behind that? When you say I want to look good in a bikini, what 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 sits behind that? What are the feelings? What are the emotions? I'm not saying that's not your valid reason. I'm not saying you're even wrong. What I am saying is I want to look good in a bikini isn't your why. There's a why that lives much deeper than that. And it's normally connected to a fear. So what's the fear? So that we, the fear is the shadow side of what you want. There's always a light side of what you want as well. You know, so really tuning into what you want and why you want it will help you to get really intentional with the things you do and don't put your time and attention and energy into. So for example, for me, I was spending a lot of time, and um, particularly the sort of back end of last year on Instagram and doing sort of the marketing things that you should, in inverted commas, do. Whereas these days, I'm a bit like post and run on Instagram. Um, I don't scroll. I don't compare. I mute and delete people that, um, accounts that don't necessarily align with me or make me feel great about myself. Like, I'm very, very clear on my strategy, my strategy to serve others, my strategy to bring joy to myself. And that's because I know why I want what I want. You know, it's it's a little bit like I was talking to a friend about who we were talking about manifesting um financial abundance the other day. Um and I was saying, you know, she she was talking about a holiday she's got booked later this year and how it's something crazy like ten grand and they haven't actually got the money for it yet, but they know that they're gonna have the money for it. It's just gonna be there. And I feel like that's the same with time. I think money is very similar to time. Um in that you know, you could be like, oh yeah, I want more money. I want more time. What the fuck do you want it for? <laughs> like, Give the money reason to come to you. Give more time reason to be valuable to you. Because if you're someone who's like, I, I, I imagine, right, everyone who's listening to this episode, I imagine if I said to you, do you want more money? You'd be like, yeah. Do you want more time? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Uh, because 
if you if I give you double the amount of money or double the amount of time that you currently have right now and you just did double the amount of what you're currently doing now, would that make you happy? And if the answer to that is no, then it's important that you get crystal clear on why you're doing what you're doing and why you want what you want. And when you get crystal clear on why you want what you want, which for those of you who have access to the Thrive First Method, this is module um, module two, you zoom out, you goal setting, we get really clear on why. Why do you want what you want? Because it's okay if up until this point, you've been thinking that the reason you've been thinking that you want, no, you've been wanting what you want because that's what you think you should want. Like that's normal. That's okay. We are conditioned this way, but it's okay also to pull your hand back and be like, hang on a minute. Why do I want this? Like I posted um, something I shared on Instagram this morning, a message that I'd sent to one of my clients. Let me read it to you before we move on from this point. It says, it says, it can literally be as simple as that. Just constantly asking, is this what I want? Am I doing this because it is, or it will make me happy? Or because it's the norm, because I should, or it's the perceived only way? How does this, how does doing this make me feel really? Ask yourself those questions over and over. Like we were actually chatting, my client and I, about business and then it quickly turned into dating um, and online dating in particular. And she was saying, oh shit, it made her feel. And I was like, well, you know, why are you doing it? Does does it make you feel good? And she was like, no, it makes me feel like a piece of shit. And I was like, well, why are you doing it? And we got into a conversation about it being the perceived only way. And it just so happened that it was a very similar conversation that we'd had about her in her business, about why she was doing things that seemed to be the only perceived way to do them, but it wasn't. Um, And I think that's really important. So anyway, going back to the point, crystal clear on the reason why I want what I want, which in turn started informing my actions, which probably really contributed to that first point I made about time freedom. Let me whiz through these last three points because I realise I've already kept you for 24 minutes. Last three points. Third point, I'm actually spending time with resistance and discomfort rather than ignoring it and paying the price. Um, I thought that I was spending time with the resistance and discomfort because I journaled because I, you know, because I did certain things, I thought that I was spending time with resistance and discomfort. But actually, and it it wasn't that I wasn't, um, but it was more the in the moment. Like, let me, okay. In the mornings, I would get up and I would journal and I would spend time with my fears and I would spend time with the, any resistance and discomfort that was coming up around what was going on in life and business So that's true. But what I've noticed about myself is in my planning, so in the Thrive First Method, there's plan, do, review. In my planning, when I ask my clients, okay, what obstacles can you foresee coming up for you this week? What do you think might hold you back this week? What do you think might cause you to procrastinate or, you know, all of those kinds of questions. When When I start asking myself those questions, I see that there are high value activities that actually intimidate me. And when I notice that when, in, when I'm planning that those high value activities intimidate me, I've started putting half an hour before when I've got that thing scheduled in just to coach myself. And it's this, it's like meeting the resistance in the moment, giving yourself that buffer time during your week, not just 
on a full moon or in the morning when you do your journaling practice, but literally in the moment, rather than, like I said earlier, letting that thought walk down the road through your gate, up your path, into your house and start making you its bitch. It's instead being like, right, I can see the thoughts flooding in before I go ahead with this task and sort of plow through and then feel like a piece of shit afterwards because I procrastinated or I didn't do as well or I wasn't as courageous as I could be. It's spending time with that discomfort and with those fears and with the resistance so that you can coach yourself and nurture yourself and love yourself through those moments. And it's only really because of time freedom that I'm able to do that. Um, And then the fourth point, which leads me on to the final point, is I'm spending more time with future me thoughts than past me thoughts. So um, what I noticed when I started spending more time with resistance and discomfort is I noticed that the thoughts that were walking up the road into the gate and trying to get into the house, they were all past me thoughts. Well, I've always done this. Well, you've always been shit at that. Well, last time you did something like this, it didn't have a great result. And I noticed that all of my limiting thoughts, my the thoughts that make me want to contract and go in my shell and not, not be myself in the world, never mind in business, a lot of those thoughts were past me thoughts. And when you get more intentional and build more time into your week to be able to coach yourself, which for those of you who are who have access to the Thrive First Method, that's do, that's the do section where you learn how to coach yourself and how to be with yourself, you realise that it's also safe to spend time with future you. Okay, so I recognise that thought about past me, but future me, what do they need from me in this moment? How can I be my future friend in this moment? And I tell you what, just making that shift, just being able to incorporate and factor in conversations with and for my future self in those moments where I want to stop and I want to pause and I want to go into my shell and not continue and hide away, spending time with future me thoughts is very, very empowering. And it's very, it produces a momentum of forward moving motion because my past me thoughts keep me stuck and stagnant and trapped in this feeling of not good enough. My future me thoughts think, well, maybe like, let me give you an example. Like this morning, I my alarm went off to get up for a gym class. And <laughs> the thing that like the thoughts that flooded in in the moment were thoughts like, well, one one class that you miss won't, you know, won't be a big deal. You've only got four minutes to make a decision to get up to be on time. Um, y- you know, you can always go later. All of these thoughts were flooding in. Um, and when I tapped into like, okay, but what, how am I going to feel when I sit at my desk at nine o'clock with my cup of coffee and I've been to that class? The first thought that sprung to mind was, well, maybe I can just get up and get my gym gear on. Even if I don't go, even just getting up out of bed, having a drink of water and putting my gym gear on is going to make me more proud of myself at nine o'clock than listening to those past me thoughts. And I thought, wow, yeah, I can, and I can do that. Like I don't, I'm not committing to go into this class. This is the battle I have with my thoughts in my head, right? I'm not committing to go into that class, but I am just going to get out of bed, have a glass of water, put my gym gear on. And wouldn't you know, I ended up at the class, right? Um, 
I think even if I hadn't have ended up at the class, I still would have got to my desk at nine o'clock feeling better than I did had I have listened to the shitty old thoughts. I posted on my Instagram, oh, I want to share this with you before I go. Right, this episode is going to be slightly longer because I want to just want to quickly share this with you. I posted on my Instagram the other day something called silly old, silly old um, rules. And it was something that came up off the back of last week's podcast episode, which was, um, I don't know if you've heard it, but I went on a dog walk and there was like building work going on and lots of noise in the house. And then as soon as I published the episode, all of these silly old rules kept coming up like, oh, you can't be a successful business owner and be recording podcasts on your iPhone, on a dog walk, swearing, like (laughs) just silly old rules that like, don't even belong to me, but they came up. So I asked on Instagram, what are your silly old rules? Listen to some of these. It's not that easy. You can't just start a business without a forecast or a plan. Your predecessor would have done X, Y, and Z by now. What the fuck are you doing? Um, You can't have a lot of money if you don't work and work and work loads. Um, Appearance-based for me. You can't have pink hair, nose rings, tattoo, and be a credible, successful physio. Um, What else? You can't run a business and not work yourself into an early grave. You can't lead a team and take breaks and days off while they work. You can't have downtime during work hours when you run a business. You can't be a good mum and have a good career. No one will take me seriously running my business when it's part-time and I've got a full-time job. Uh, The classic, I, what's this say? I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to fail. A silly old story for me is everything has to be perfect to start and it has to be perfect along the way. <laughs> it's like all of these silly old stories come into our heads. And if if we just sit with those silly old stories and don't actually allow ourselves to question, would future you agree with that silly old story? Would future you agree with you being held back in the moment by that silly old story? If we don't allow ourselves the freedom to do that, We're always going to be stuck in this cycle of silly old stories. And they are the little thought fuckers that you need to stop at the gate and be like, oi, before you come in and fuck up my house and make me your little bitch, let me have a little look at you and let let me let you know if you're welcome in here. Right? (laughs) That. Um, Aggressive with my thoughts, aren't I? (laughs) I just realised. And then the last one. The last one is I genuinely, genuinely... I'm thriving first. So I, I'm i not going to labour on this one, right? Because it could be a whole episode on how to determine what thriving looks like to you. In fact, inside the Thrive First Method, it is a whole module, me helping you in terms of your mind, your body and your spirit. What does thriving first look like? Not in a vague way, not in an airy-fairy way, not in a wouldn't it be nice one day if kind of way, but right now, in your life, with your set of circumstances, yes, even if you're in a business and you're a carer for your dad with dementia, what does thriving first look like to you? Yeah, you, even if you're, you've just lost your job, what does thriving first look like to you? Yeah, you, you who's just had the best, best month in business ever, what does thriving first look like for you? Because let's have it right. If life and business was a Venn diagram, you're always in the middle you are the constant. So it doesn't matter what's going on in life and business. Thriving first is a non-negotiable. Thriving first is 
the most important thing, the biggest priority obligation and responsibility that you have. And this is something that did not ever come naturally to me. It still doesn't come naturally to me. People get surprised when I say that, like I've created a method that doesn't naturally come, doesn't come naturally to me. Of course I have, because it's what I need in order to thrive first. Um, and so I'm really happy right now. I'm really content right now that I am genuinely on a granular basis in day-to-day life and business thriving first. It feels good. It feels good to thrive first, not conditionally based on if I've done enough or if I've got through enough or if I'm being of enough value or being good enough. And it's bringing up a lot of resistance and growth opportunities for me to meet. So it doesn't come without its um, mind drama, right? But it's it's good growth. It's not growth. It's not the kind of resistance and inner chatter that's coming up that's being horrible to yourself. It's serving a purpose. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's meaningful, right? So I hope that this has served you too. I hope that in hearing my own personal examples and also in hearing where the Thrive First method actually came from, I hope this is serving you. If you want to hear more about this, I would strongly recommend that you go back to episode 81 and then you listen to the other episodes up until this one, because it's going to give you a lot more context as to this story and what I'm living at the moment um, in my business. So all that said, please, please leave this episode. Not, I don't want you, right, here's a new thing that I'm I'm trying with you guys and I might record an intro, a, a new intro to the podcast. Instead of clicking rate and review, you know, on iTunes or Spotify, that's lovely. And if you want to do that, by all means, like I, I really would like that. That's great. Instead of just sharing this episode with a friend, which is what I've previously said for you to do, here's what I'd like you to do instead. Einstein said once, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And what I would love for you to do is reflect back on this episode and think about one thing that you have learned, one thing that you've taken from this episode that you are going to try in life or in business. And instead of just going for it and just doing it yourself, I want you to share that with a friend that you care about who you think could benefit from that lesson as well. Not only is this going to, and there's two reasons why I want you to do it. Firstly, you are helping them. So you are sharing something with them that's going to impact them. And so the ripple effect that I can make is spread even wider, which is my goal, impact. And then secondly, for you, like it's very, very different just embedding and implementing and um, what's the other word that I want to use? Implementing and really living, like embodying the lessons for yourself. It's very different doing that but also at the same time, sharing it with other people. You really, really learn when you do that. So please go ahead and do that. And also, obviously, it goes without saying, please never forget, I am always cheering you on. And I genuinely do hope that you, through your thoughts, through your actions, are cheering you on too.